And all right, that's Discussions of Truth intro for you. It's Saturday, May 1st, 2021 now, folks. Uh, this is Ian Trottier. Uh, what a great show coming up you coming up here for you uh, this hour and next. Two shows back-to-back. Uh, we've got uh, Alan Keyes joining us here in about six minutes' time. Uh, and uh, he, uh, if you're not familiar with who he is, he is a staunch conservative voice that has worked um, in D.C. in and out of politics. Well, in and out of, in and around politics, really, for uh, about uh, 40 years now. And um, ran for president himself uh, three times. Uh, he is uh, the third uh, former presidential, U.S. presidential candidate to join the program behind Cynthia McKinney and also Lawrence Lessig. Uh, Lawrence Lessig is a uh, professor at Harvard Law. Um, and uh, McKinney ran, I think, under the Green Party. Lessig ran under the Democrat Party. And I'm not sure what uh, Allen ran under. He may have ran as an independent. I know he uh, uh, has been a Republican in the past. Uh, but uh, he may have ran as an independent. Uh, he's done it three times now. So he's got uh, quite a name that uh, many folks, uh, I'm sure, are familiar with. We're going to follow that up with a uh, discussion by Larry and with Larry Clayman, uh, who um, uh, has, uh, has written a book uh, that uh, is quite prevalent for our times. Uh, the book is called It Takes a Revolution. Okay, It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry. We have, a, we have an issue today here with censorship, big tech companies. And we're going to hear Larry's, uh, Larry's side on that. And what he thinks is going on in America. Uh, Folks, coming up on Tuesday. Now, usually my slot when I do my shows, it's been this way for well over three years. When I do my shows, it's always Wednesday, 5 o'clock. I've been out of studio now for a number of months. And so what I've been doing are pre-recorded entries. Um, Typically, you can catch the program live at that time slot, 5 o'clock on Wednesdays. That's 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. I have adjusted things slightly um, since being out of studio. So uh, just because I, the program has really picked up pace, if you will, um, in the past, uh, really in the past eight months. Uh, And uh, since I began doing this in 2016 because of the Zika virus, um, we have always gotten amazing guests to join the program. It's just the way it is. Uh, and uh, since the really the the discussion uh, has taken central stage uh, on the side burner <laughs> because uh, uh, not much has been done about it, but uh, but 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 again, keep keep pushing it. Um, since the discussion of the COVID nineteen, uh, the mask wearing, and now the vaccines coming down the pipeline, since that advent. Uh, the uh, the program has uh, as has grown, so um, so anyway, so that's uh, that's the update there from from that angle. Um, and what I'm saying now is that, um, for instance, like uh, Dr. Brian Artis that I interviewed uh, two days ago, and um, and then uh, Irina, uh, 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 not going to use her last name because I, I know that she's asked me to use a different last name. And um, not don't even remember what the last name was, uh, but 
again, you can find that information either on my Instagram or uh, at anchor.fm or iTunes or whatever it may be. Um, Arena was uh, vaccine, or excuse me, uh, COVID-19 PCR test nasal swab injured. And quote, she said it was a major brain injury and uh, she felt suicidal. Okay. Um, and, and look, uh, I, I'm doing shows more frequently is my bottom line. That's a message I'm conveying and they are being pre-recorded um, as I've been out of studio. So, so, so with that said, again, what I was getting to is Tuesday coming up on uh, Dr. Rima. Dr. Rima Truth Reports. Uh, simple. Simply put that in your, your search engine. You can find it. I'll be joining Dr. Rima now for uh, the third time, I believe. Uh, that may be the fourth, but I've been with her a couple of different times. Um, and I will be with Dr. Rima bringing with me two guests. The first segment with Dr. Rima on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard will be uh, author Eric Phelps. And uh, Eric is a, a very religious man. I do believe he's Catholic. I'm not, not sure about that. Uh, and he's written a book called The Secret History of the Jesuits. Okay, very important for Americans and everyone, really, internationally, to understand some of the historical monopolies that religion has put on civilizations. And is that a danger to the United States today? So, Eric will be joining me as we join Dr. Rima at that 6 o'clock hour p.m. Eastern Standard, uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Uh, and uh, what is that, the 5th? Uh, let's see, no, that is the uh, 4th. Okay, and at that 6.45 mark, at that 6.45 mark, we'll be joined by Dr. Brian Artis, who's agreed to discuss some of these dangers with these vaccines. So look for that coming up on Tuesday, Dr. Rima Truth Reports. And um, you can follow me there. You can listen to it live. Uh, we will be live with Dr. Rima at that time. Let's bring on now uh, 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 Dr. Alan Keyes. And we're going to bring him on via Skype right now. This is Discussions of Truth, and I am your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier, bringing on Dr. Alan Keyes. Hello? Dr. Keyes, uh, good afternoon to you, sir. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic, and it's nice to connect with you for a second time for listeners to understand where you and I had first met. It was in Oklahoma at the uh, Health and Freedom event at Tulsa. Uh, I don't. I, uh, yep, and uh, and I know that one of my colleagues with uh, Pure Social TV had uh, had brought you on and interviewed you. Uh, you and I made a nice on ca- eye contact, and I appreciate uh, appreciate your interest in what I'm doing. And I simply uh, serve to uh, to echo some of the uh, warnings that you put out for the American people. Nice hat in the background, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so so for listeners, you know, I mean, you probably don't get this very much. But it's always appropriate because uh, just because the world the world turns, don't doesn't it? Um, for listeners to understand a little more about you, please provide a brief introduction. Um, uh, you've got a you've got a a long history in politics in D.C., uh, having worked uh, with the Reagan administration even before then. Give a quick introduction for listeners to understand a little bit about you, and uh, and and we'll we'll get into the uh, discussion, sir. Well, I, I've been in, involved in political life since I ran against Barbara Mikulski. Uh My home is in Maryland, 
uh, and uh, that was back in, I guess, 1988, when I finished up in the Reagan administration. I had been doing uh, diplomacy, foreign policy, um, and uh, national security uh, type issues for uh, in, in the course of several years of working with the Reagan administration, ending up uh, as uh, the ambassador to the Economic and Social Council uh, in New York, and then assistant secretary of state for international organizations, as it's called. Um, and so I then came out, worked for Citizens Against Government Waste for a while, dealing with budgetary uh, and economic issues, uh, and then uh, got involved in politics, first ran for the United States Senate against Mikulski, then against Paul Sarbanes. Uh, and when things started to move in a direction where the Republican Party was being challenged by people to abandon its commitment to the pro-life cause, I got involved in presidential politics, really just to get out there and make the point. Uh, that I think that the issues of principle involved in the pro-life movement uh, are actually the foundation of America's national identity. They inform uh, the requirements of the Constitution to try to safeguard us from unconstrained government. Uh, and that they begin, of course, by evoking the authority of the laws of nature and of nature's God, and in particular, the endowment. use of your freedom to do what is according to what, according to the terms of God's endowment of our nature uh, and of the laws that govern the universe. Uh, so I think that the fundamental premise that is now being abandoned, uh, either openly as with the Democrats and Biden, uh, or, or tacitly, as with some of the folks who call themselves moderate or liberal Republicans, uh, and that's the premise that this nation was founded on, uh, which is that we have to do what is right according to the authority of God. Which means once you eliminate God from the picture, exactly what is left to inform the sense of the difference between justice and injustice in the United States. I think uh, what's left uh, is, as the Book of Judges says, everyone does what is right in their own eyes, which is a recipe for conflict terror and and uh, which I fear is what is happening right now in the United States, at least as uh, the strategy of some. Uh, they are trying to drive us toward a point where we no longer act as one people, think as one people, because the common ground of our existence has been taken away. Yeah, very well said and very extensively said. And, 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 the, and the, core, the core of this is Certainly the, the founders of this nation that we have inherited uh, developed that nation and developed its, its governance based off of uh, a, a trust in God. Certainly we know that. And inalienable rights, which is what you which 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 what which is what you allude to. And I believe that the United Nations, uh, you know, in an attempt to 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 administer peace worldwide not to get into this, but. Uh, I don't know that they, they exactly get the concept right. I think from an American standpoint, uh, we need to follow that Constitution and, and, and let, uh, let that freedom ring through the Constitution. What are your thoughts in regards to something like that? Uh, well, I, I think that the fundamental premise of our identity, because we do have people here who in a way, uh, when you look at the whole U.S. population by now, we represent in, in uh, every color, race, creed, condition and kind that's available on the globe. And I think that this was, in a way, the conscious choice or intention of our founders. 
because when the discussion yeah. first started of the problems they were having with King George, it, the discussion was put mainly in terms of the rights of Englishmen. Uh, but in the course of the 10 or 15 years uh, that preceded uh, July uh, 1776, that changed. And you started to see more and more in the writings, pamphlets, and letters of the founders uh, their acknowledgement uh, that the ground of just political government uh, was the laws of nature and nature's God that apply to all humanity. And that's what we read in the Declaration of Independence. I also think it's what gave us such leadership ability, potential, if you like, on the world stage, because those words resonate with people everywhere. Uh, but that means that yeah. we, it doesn't mean we're not a nation. It means we're a nation with a special obligation to humanity that moves humanity in a right direction according to God. Uh, if we abandon those premises, we then abandon our identity, but we also abandon our vocation for humanity, which I think uh, was the source uh, of a lot of, uh, not so much the power as the tremendous moral influence that our example had for the rest of the world, and still has, except that some people are trying to lead us to abandon it, which doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Now, you know, you have uh, you have multiple degrees from uh, the John Harvard University, and, and I believe Harvard had received his education in England. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Oxford or Cambridge. And most of those both of those institutions are based off of, uh, in my opinion, uh, it seems a, a more of an Athenian uh, a philosophy rather than a Roman philosophy. That's a, that's a British history. That's a difference. But the core, the core, uh, it, 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 the core alignment here is, is that uh, Harvard, uh, and the point that I'm making, the Harvard is based off of this uh, presence and influence of God in our world as human beings. There's no way of getting around this and not to make this a God discussion. But, but now in 2021, uh, from the outset, not having, not having gone to Harvard myself, I look at Harvard, and I say, someone like you who has conservative viewpoints, and I look at uh, Harvard, the education system, and the, the pupils that they're that they're that they're accepting and putting and putting out of their system is seems to be very liberal. Uh, do you agree with that? And if you do, uh, what has happened uh, happening in the uh, education system, therefore, in the country? Well, I, I guess I I find it hard these days to talk in terms of liberal uh, because the word liberal. Uh, actually has as its root, liber, which means free. Uh, and yet, if you examine what's going on right now, you have a lot of people who are coming forward, and I have to say it, particularly on the Democrat side now. And it looks like we've crossed the line. They've been coming to it pretty much throughout my whole adult lifetime. The Democrats have moved more and more away from the Constitution, away from the premises of God-revering truth, self-evident truth that informed the Declaration of Independence, and they've been going down a secular, materialistic road uh, that corresponds pretty much to the understanding that eventually fueled communism, socialism, totalitarian governments of various kinds. Those governments are not about liberty. Those governments are about imposing order so that power is concentrated in the hands of a few elites, whatever they call themselves, and everybody else has to dance to their tune. Uh, whereas I think the understanding embodied in the Declaration uh, was neither Roman nor Greek, uh, though that had some, they were informed. Mostly, by the way, when they looked at Roman Greece, they were informed by the failures of both. 
when it came to establishing a government of, by, and for the people. Rome, uh, of course, totally abandoned that. At one time, the Roman Republic did have a kind of element where they consulted a part of the people, right? But by the time you get to the empire, that's been totally gone. It was just an authoritarian dictatorship, basically, uh, imposed by an elite relative few uh, and enforced by the power of arms and conquest. Uh, this is not the power that informs uh, the uh, coming forward of the American patriots. They weren't informed by the sense that they were the more powerful ones. As a matter of fact, they went up against an army that uh, had a reputation at the time as at the top or near the top of the power chain in Europe. So they were fighting against a greater power. But what they trusted in, if the Declaration is a good indication, and I think it is, uh, is that there is a power higher than all of that. And that power operates according to the information of our hearts and minds uh, by the will of God through his creation. And I always like to point out to people that once you get to that part of the Declaration, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. So you're concentrating on the work of the Creator. You have to ask yourself, who's the Creator? Well, the Creator, in their understanding, drawn from the Bible, is the one, is the word that was with God and was God through whom everything was made, without which not one thing was made, right? That's what's said in the Gospel of John. And when you trace down the kind of spiritual uh, and, and material genealogy, who does it come down to? It comes down to Jesus Christ, the word that was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Uh, so America's founding was informed so a lot of people these days want us to forget it and turn away from it and be timid about it. I'm not the least bit timid. Every time you discuss the fundamental premises of liberty and constrained government so that the people deal with a government that they compose through elections to represent them and that is then constrained by respect for their God-endowed rights, not for rights as determined by the whim of some elitist majority, no matter how powerful they may be, because ultimately all their power is to be checked by the power of Almighty God expressed through his creation and authorizing people, just ordinary folks, widows might people, I think of them as. So it runs from the top to the bottom with no special preference being given to the power that comes from mere material superiority, uh, but a special preference being given to those who are willing to do what is right according to the terms of God's endowment. That's the definition of an unalienable right, and that's the meaning of our liberty. And I think uh, all of the people who now profess the, the, the uh, socialist, communist, totalitarian ideology that seems presently to have a death grip uh, for the country on the Democrat Party, they have all abandoned the Declaration. They've abandoned the premise of God's endowment, and as a result, they are acting like people who think we've got the power now and we're going to crush it, anybody who gets in our way. Uh, and that used to be a kind of future-oriented thing. But now, look at what proposals they've put on the table. And the, uh, one that I think is most to be considered. And ask yourself a simple question. Do they have in the government of the United States the power to enforce respect for what God Almighty says is sin 
what God Almighty says is perversion, what God Almighty says is wrong, on people who follow the Christian persuasions or other persuasions that take seriously the sanctity of marriage and the mm -hmm. uh, relationship that is at the bottom of family life between male and female. Our Constitution gives them no such power whatsoever. That kind of don't force people to abandon their understanding of God's will and do what is contrary to that understanding with the force and power of the United States government. Uh, that puts people in a position where they are obliged to answer as the apostles answered the folks in Jerusalem and in Athens and elsewhere. Whom are we to obey? Who are we to obey? God or you? And the answer to that question is quite obviously, we're to obey God. Uh, and I think they're pushing us now right into the abyss. You're either going to turn against God and mm. accept their understanding, uh, and they're enforcing it. Look at the laws they're passing. These aren't laws that require folks not to persecute, not to do injustice to certain classes of people. They're now forcing us to, to respect and reverence and give place to, accept the names and terminology of, and in a way, by the way, that has no support in the laws of nature. And therefore, they're abandoning the common ground of our human nature in our science and everything else in order just to enforce their will. Everybody must accept and honor homosexuality. Everybody must accept and honor that uh, if, if I wake up tomorrow and I say I'm a woman, you've got to treat me like a woman, allow me to compete for the prizes in women's sports, no matter what the conscience and uh, uh, judgment of others have to say about it. That's just plain old nasty tyranny, despotism. Uh, it was bad when the communists did it, and it's bad when Americans, now acting like Nazi, fascist, communist dictators, are going to try to force us to do it. And I think Americans are seeing that now. They, they used to think that folks like myself who reasoned it out that far, right. we had gone too far. No, they wouldn't do that. They're not like that. Well, they are. And in the Biden administration, we could see it plain as day. And it's coming down on our heads, not tomorrow or the next day, but right this minute if we let it happen. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense and, and incredibly well spoken for a second time <laughs> complimenting you that on that. Now, now you've ran for president three times. I want to talk. To, I want to get your, your comment now on, on uh, Barry Sotero, because uh, because from 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 what I understand, that's his birth name. So that's how I'm going to address him. Uh, but before that, before you talk about that, that individual that served for as the president of the, this U.S. corporation or country or whatever it, uh, it is, it perhaps two different entities. Uh, before you get to that, I want you to comment on this. Uh, I had a, a, form, a, a retired Brigadier General, Robert Spaulding III, join me about a year ago, and he said, Ian, the country has been, uh, it has been uh, uh, infiltrated by a stealth enemy. Uh, what do you think about that comment? Again, this is coming from a retired U.S. Army Brigadier General. Well... I, th I think a lot of us have been trying to make people aware of the fact that folks who have abandoned the common ground, the common premises of America's liberty and self-government have been pushing hard to work their way into key positions of power and 
rip us away from that foundation. Uh, and that's been going on in one way or another for several decades. I think the first open, clear, plain appearance of it in our politics, uh, though others preceded it, I think you can trace the first clear, plain appearance of the roots of it all the way back to the so-called progressive era, uh, where the main uh, stay of everything, sadly, uh, had to do not with making progress toward the result that our declaration sees, which is a solid, sustainable self-government, respecting the rights of people, constraining government to let the creativity and judgment of individuals forming associations, working through their faith uh, and common creed. Uh, no, that was already being pushed away uh, in certain of the measures taken during the progressive era, the key ones being, I think, that are so detrimental to the true constitutional uh, purpose of the country were the imposition of the income tax, which some argue mm-hmm. was never properly ratified, by the way, uh, as required by the states, uh, and that's the 16th Amendment, and the 17th Amendment which basically took out of the picture those who had been chosen to apply their position as representing the heart and mind and goodwill of the people, right, in the state legislatures, took them out of the picture when it came to choosing the Senate. So the balance that was supposed to be established that would allow not just the people at large to participate in choosing the House, but their chosen representatives, informed by their experience of what their states were doing, uh, that is to say, of the body of the people within their states, they were eliminated from the picture. And more and more, you are getting a Senate that's elected by nationalized interests that aren't really committed to the federal system and to truly representing the people of this country. And I think, uh, so we're looking at a long period of time where this departure from the premises of, of uh, the meaning of mm-hmm. liberty and the responsibility that each of us has as citizens for self-government, which is not doing what we please, but doing what accords with God's understanding of right and justice. Uh, and of course, talking that out amongst ourselves and working it out and on the really extreme occasions that have only happened, I think, rarely, but did happened with tremendous importance, fighting it out if we had to. But always, as Lincoln said, even during the Civil War, both sides prayed to the same God, which is to say to an understanding that there is a power above our power that we have to respect no matter how much power we have. You see what I'm saying? As human beings. Yes. Uh, I think that's what the Democrats have been progressively stepping away from, what people who call themselves progressive. It's funny, don't you think? They always use the word to apply to themselves of the very fact, object, condition that they're seeking to destroy. I think that's very clever, but we should stop being taken in by it. These people are not progressives. They're turning us back to a time when the people counted for nothing and the powerful elites counted for everything, which was true pretty much everywhere in the world throughout all of human history until Christ came along and the United States was founded, implementing and understanding that has its root in what Christ represented as the will of God toward humanity. Uh, and I think that's the fundamental thing that's going on right now. Uh, it's not a question anymore of choosing between two parties. 
It's a question of choosing between the continued life of the United States of America on grounds that respect the self-government of the people of the United States uh, or giving it up and returning uh, to the past so that we will become the slaves, all of us, of those who fancy themselves to be the chosen people because they have the superior power in their hands. That's not the basis of the United States government. Uh, a government is to be constrained by an understanding of justice and rights that applies to all and that involves, therefore, the conscientious judgment of all who are willing to do right according to God's endowment. Just because you have power, that doesn't give you the right. And when you get into government power in this country, quite the contrary, you are constrained, tied down, as the founders would have said, by the chains of the Constitution. And they are systematically... We noticed in this last year, used to be a time I'd say that people didn't understand. Well, just look at what these power mad governors were doing on the excuse that they thought the COVID-19 virus was so terrifying that fear would govern us. And we wouldn't notice that that fear was being used to turn us into slaves to their will rather than servants of the goodwill of God. I think a lot of people have noticed, and I think that's why, in point of fact, alleged President Biden did not win the last election. They know he didn't. And that's why they think they have to fortify. Well, who ever heard of fortifying the, the uh, House where people chosen to represent right. the people? Right. So the very people who chose you are the ones you're now afraid are going right. to come. Right. And, and uh, they know they didn't win the election, and they're scared stiff of the fact. That they got it, got it by cheating and feel like uh, you, the American people. Uh, and they're now working on pieces of legislation that will force our consciences uh, and that will also be intended to regiment our use of the liberty that, with which we are endowed by God. And you and I both know. The key to America's energy, the key ultimately uh, to its development uh, of the kind of great opportunities and material success that we've had as a nation. They, they, they weren't born of this kind of top-down uh, dictatorial government. They were born of people who had the courage, the faith, and that self-discipline, which came from having a regard for God's discipline, uh, either. Yeah, uh, they were the keys, and they're trying to destroy it all. And yeah. they're just trying to destroy it all, pretending all the time that they're going to save us from the virus, right, and produce unity. Meanwhile, everything they're doing is actually like Cuomo. They were trying to raise the death toll reported from the virus, even if they had to lie about it, so that they could achieve their power agenda with Donald Trump. And then finish the job by passing legislation that pretty much turns our elections into a fiction and gives them the whip hand uh, to rule over the whole people of the United States uh, according to uh, their whims. Yeah. Uh, 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 Dr. Keyes, uh, let, let's get into Barry Sotero. So, so, so basically, you know, we can, we can look at uh, – we can look at the, the the Bush dynasty. We have we have now what are very apparent uh, 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 political dynasties, and I like how you said this is not about 
uh, Democrat or Republican. And, and the fact of the matter is, in 1776, with, you talk about the founding fathers, neither one of these parties existed in 1776. Um, so what did exist and what we should be as Americans uh, concentrating on are our constitutional rights and that those Bill of Rights. So if we get to that and we say, well, Biden is an extension of the Democrat Party that was massively transformed under uh, what seems to be uh, uh, Barry Sotero. Um, and if we couple that, we've coupled that with, with this Brigadier General's comments that there's a stealth enemy here. Uh, who would it be that Barack Obama, uh, Barack Obama's agenda, uh, who, who is he best representing? Because it certainly doesn't seem like he's, he was representing and continues to represent under Joe Biden uh, that of the U.S. Constitution. Well, I, I think what we have here is something coming to a head, in my opinion. Uh, and, and when uh, 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 Obama was running for office, uh, having had some experience, uh, and, and frankly, like most people, I didn't know him from Adam, uh, to tell you the truth, because he was you know, a part of Illinois politics, and I hadn't really been involved very much in Illinois politics. When I was running for president, I started to get a sense of it, but I have to report to you that uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama was not included as really significant when I was involved in that endeavor. Tells you something, doesn't it? Uh, so where did he come from, and who is he? Well, if you look at his background, uh, he's basically someone who has been brought up and brought along, uh, and as I put it, not by progressive liberal forces and all this stuff, no, but by folks who were not just communists, but also violence-prone communists, people who actually uh, went out and blew up banks and stuff. Uh, and, and of course, was he projecting that simply? No. But when he started out in politics, he started out pretty much... Uh, going over to the communist-oriented Democrat Socialist Party uh, that is now, you probably noticed, uh, they were pretty successful at taking over the government of Chicago, uh, yeah. in spite of the fact that one of the ones who was running prominently made very clear what their agenda is. And he says that the Democrat Socialists believe that government has to control every aspect of life. Wow. Every aspect of life. And I think that's what... Obama believes, because he follows that. But let's look at the fruits. And this is the other side of it. The other side of it is, if you look away from Barack Obama and look at the Democrat Party, what is the holy grail for them? See, I think the holy grail for you and me is liberty according to God's will. The holy grail for them is the indefeasible right to kill other human beings if they get in our way. Because that's abortion. What? Abortion. Wow. It's about killing innocent babies. But there was a time in human history when going around dashing the heads of innocent babies, that revolted even the most hard-minded warrior out there. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was in the moments of most extreme and gruesome uh, self-worship that the worst tyrants in human history we're going around making the streets run red with the blood of women and children who did not, in those eras, have the means to defend themselves. Now we have a party in the United States that has made killing the most helpless and innocent form of humanity their holy grail. If you have turned the hearts of the fathers from the child and turned the hearts of the mother from the child to that degree, 
why should you believe there's any limit to what you can do mm-hmm. if you have the power to intimidate full-grown human beings? I mean, we live don't live in a society where it's okay to kill the most innocent human beings if you have enough power. And isn't that the whole rationale for abortion? I'm a full-grown uh, human being, and that's just a nascent human being, and therefore, if they get in my way, I can kill them. That's the hard fact of what abortion means, but that means we've substituted the principle that the right to go all the way up, not just to controlling and intimidating, but to mass murdering other human beings. You can get a right to do that just because you you have the power to do it. That's what the Democrat Party now stands for. And I think we've come to a time, and the only difference since McGovern and all those people, I think, first started... Uh, to push the Democrat Party over the communist cliff, which is what I think happened during the McGovern era with all their machinations. Uh, But now they're putting us in masks to symbolize our enslavement. Mm -hmm. And they're ripping the mask off of their power intentions in order to make it very clear who they are and that they're now in control. Um, I hope Americans are awake because if we don't wake up to this right now, and profess that we're going to do everything possible. I'm reading where the polls say that Americans do not want socialism and communism. They believe not just in liberty, but in capitalism when they're asked, right? Mm -hmm. Capitalism, which is economic development based on the responsibility and initiative and creativity of the people themselves. That's what they believe. And making use, therefore, of equity in the old sense. Isn't it funny? They're now acting as if equity and equality are the same thing. That's a lie, by the way. If I have equity in a company, and my equity is a greater share Mm. of the company's investment assets, invested assets, than somebody else's share, does that give me equal authority when it comes to making decisions about the company? Right. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Equity is something where the equality is the proportion of your contribution in terms of material substance to the aim or end of the endeavor, that determines your power. And power then determines the direction in which you go. So all this talk of equity coming out of Kamala Harris is just a camouflage Mm. for those who have the power will rule and everybody else will in fact be equal because you'll be equally enslaved. Wow. Think it through. Think it through. We shouldn't, we can't let them get away with this. Uh, because I think what we represent, not just to ourselves, but to the hope of all humanity. And I don't use those words lightly. Oh, when the founders said what they did in the Declaration, they stepped away from the assertion of a narrow kind of racialist, tribalist, ethnic uh, attitude. And they looked to God and said, we're going to have a society based on what God requires us to do toward every other human being. So if you're human, then we have to treat you as human. It's ironic that, and it again gets back to what this abortion issue symbolizes, because in Roe itself, that decision, all parties agreed that if it could be shown that the child in the womb is a person, then you'd have, you have to respect the life of that person. 
But the question of whether they were a person or not hinged on the answer to the question, are they identifiably human? And today, our science gets more sophisticated. We get to a better understanding of the laws of nature and nature's God, and what do we find? That from the moment of conception, the scientific markers that allow us to distinguish between a human being and a dog being and a rabbit being and a plant being and a tree being are right there in the uh, uh, first appearance of that child after male and female have come together in uh, order to form uh, that first uh, 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 inkling uh, of the child's material presence in the world. So the humanity is clear and now they're saying that the word person doesn't matter because it's just a material condition. Do you realize what they're saying? Wow. Think this through. I wish Americans would think this through. If we're going to judge that little baby, not on the basis of what's clear in terms of the laws of nature for everyone, but only in terms of how much power that little baby has vis-a-vis -vis the mother, don't you see that that's already what the communists do anyway? They judge whether or not you should make the rules by how much power you have. And so they... ...a vanguard party and everybody else is equal because they're equally subject to the whims of that party. And the difference? We have the power and the guts to scare the hell out of you. And because you're cowards, remember Eric Holder? America is a nation mm. of cowards. That's the root of their contempt now for the American people because they think we don't have it in us to defend the, that understanding of right, which comes from God, but which requires our courage if it is to be sustained. Uh, am I making sense? Are you, <laughs> Alan, you're making perfect sense, my man. You're making perfect sense. I see a, uh, I, I see a painting or a sketching of what looks like uh, Ronald Reagan behind you, and, and of course the, and and he appointed you. <laughs> but I don't see a gun on that uh, on that mantle. You should have a gun on that mantle. My question is this for you, Alan. My question is this: uh, if we look at the chess the chessboard, the chess pieces uh, of the past 150 years. Uh, and certainly we're, we're contributing philosophical, uh, this, this constitution and the, the freedom that it's this massive power that we now have. We still have our military, uh, even though the government is being uh, disintegrated. Uh, we still have our military. We look at we look at the chessboard internationally. We look at World War One. We look at World War Two. Uh, some are saying that hey, this is a covert World War Three. This COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, there's no validity. Ninety eight percent survival rate. These forced mask wearing, which you're talking about. And now this now the onset of these vaccines. People are just uh, receiving these injections like it's like it's a holy holy water, and it's going to save them. But let me get to this point here, and I want to get your your opinion here. Uh, uh, if we look at China. This is where the, the this virus incepted, supposedly. Even Donald Trump called it the China virus. And we look at uh, Russia. 
We look at both of those entities and we say, okay, well, as Americans, we are we're a republic under democratic values. Um, we don't, uh, you know, arguably we, we don't we don't live the, con- uh, the the communist manifesto, even though people like uh, Eric Holder, as you're saying, and these other people like uh, Soltero are, are pushing that down our throats. That's that's again, that's what we see. And that's our view. Um, but where again, if, 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 if there are if there are economic strings that are that are balancing uh, things uh, internationally, and certainly do have an, a world economic forum. We have a uh, we have a uh, we have a central bank, the the, the central bank of uh, Switzerland. Uh, so we have some of these economic strings being centralized globally. We have a central bank in the United States. Um, why is it that China and Russia are p- practicing communism? Uh, when if if when and if it's not a uh, it's not they're they're not it's not a Russian and Chinese concept. It might be partly Russian concept, but certainly the Chinese didn't learn communism from these uh, from from their ancestors. They've learned communism from from the Germans. Uh, what are your comments in regards uh, just that? Let me lay that down. And get what you have to say there. Well, I think that there has been an element of totalitarian. to put in front of that, to contrast with democratic anything, you put elitist. And notice I did not say elite. I didn't say elite because elite simply means those who are outstanding in some way in this or that field of endeavor. I have great respect for elites. a matter of fact, I think we ought to encourage more elites because that means you're encouraging people to reach their full potential, to show it in the results of what they do so that they stand out from the crowd in terms of the contribution that they're making to our understanding of the way the world works, of how we can make use of our knowledge in order to uh, produce better goods and get better results and live longer lives. These are not bad things. And so elites are not bad people. Uh, But elitists are people who believe that because they're outstanding... Mm. They, there, and there is, and the other premise they take from communism and materialist, scientific materialism, because there is no God, right? No higher power, no higher authority, no higher standard for judging what is right and wrong than who, and then you get to the question, because you can be very outstanding without at first being very powerful. People who actually made a lot of the scientific breakthroughs. Uh, They didn't have much power. They concentrated on a certain field, but they didn't become billionaires right away. But that was a powerful discovery which properly applied, then produced great results. So it's talent, it's ability, it's self-discipline. And very often, it's a motive, when you listen to them, that was oriented toward finding and applying the kind of wisdom and knowledge that would help all the folks they loved and a lot of folks mm. they didn't even know but yeah. would be helped anyway. Uh, so there was a lot of good in that. Yeah. But elitists are people who pursue power because that's how they can prove their superiority but also enslave others to their will. And it was a driving force throughout human history. Commies didn't invent it. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. dressed it up so that they could pretend that everything they were doing was for the people at large. We're all for the people. We're all for the people. That's why we killed millions of them. (laughs) This is crazy. Who can believe the professions that go along with this? And now that we have a bunch of these people coming forward, being so open about how they're democratic socialists and and communism is the way and, and centralized 
totalitarian government control is the means and so forth. We need to look at who they admire. Because you're right, it's, it, it, they admire folks who preached, uh, by the way, in the name of the proletariat, but an understanding of government that did not limit the power of those who claim to be acting on behalf of the proletariat. Mm-hmm. That's a good trick. Mm-hmm. So you're going to become an elite as narrow in scope as the aristocrats and exploiters you profess to hate so that you can do what they do, but you're doing it so that everybody can be what? Well, actually, so that everybody can be enslaved by them. Right. So the competition seems to be among the power-mad elitists, and they just found a way to dress it up that they hope will get more uh, of the people to be duped into supporting their bid for power. And they have done so successfully. But then how successful have they been at doing anything positive for the masses they profess to worship so much. Not very successful. A matter of fact, uh, the great successes that they have been able to achieve have mostly been, and we especially see this with the Chinese, but also to a certain extent during the period of Russian communism, uh, they were going to take the advances made by people who were in an environment where they could explore all the different possibilities and look at what worked best, and then appropriate it so that they can develop a power machine that will then lead them to global control. Uh, and, and, and I think the idea that that is simply confined to the ideologues, when in fact there's common ground between the ideologues and the people whose only ideology has been the power that mostly comes from wealth and military superiority. And they've gotten together. And it's the combination of those forces that is now, I think, seeking to overthrow the United States and not just overthrow the government of, by, and for the people. I think that a lot of the violence they're doing, a lot of the cancel culture junk, including the utterly, it's utter drivel, systemic racism, all of this stuff, are there racists in America? Sure, there are. Is racism just built in and naturally like like practically DNA in the makeup of white people because of the color of their skin? Uh, well, how come the word Slav actually refers to the enslavement of some white people? You do know that, right? That's one theory anyway that's accepted by a lot of historians, uh, not all, uh, that Slav and slave are related because they were very prized. The Slavic peoples were very prized for a sale on the slave markets around the Mediterranean during the period of uh, Islamic superiority in a lot of ways in the Mediterranean basin. But the people who were running the slave markets, you go look at the the portraits and the the paint and read the history. Uh, Those people ranged from folks who uh, look as white as you to folks who look as black as me, right? Wasn't a matter of white people being the devils and so forth. So no, white people were a lot of the hostages who were then sold into slavery. So were black people. When are we going to realize the great breakthrough is made when you stop listening to people who are trying to force you to think that way and see the difference between right and wrong in its own terms, not in terms of who has the power to destroy whom. And I think that was the great breakthrough of the American founding. At the end of the day, we should show absolute courage and determination 
in defense of our rights, but our rights are right according to the endowment of God. So there's an element there that isn't about power, it's about truth, which is why they said we hold these truths to be self-evident. And then sought to discover, and we did discover, didn't we? And people who had been despised throughout human history, the people who didn't end up with the laurels of the elites, but who did a lot of the work and who made a lot of the discoveries and who had a lot of the energy that translated things into the results that made the field smile and the industrial machine hum. Hmm. And finally in the United States, such people could come together and hold their own and rule over themselves through representatives in a way that then more and more corresponded to God's good intention, not just for black people, white people, brown people, Hispanic people, English people, Chinese people, but for all human beings. Um, I think it's beautiful. I think we have made, with a lot of struggle and with the deaths of many tens of thousands of Americans, we have paid a price to impress on the rest of the world the worth of God's purpose. And now these people are trying to get us to abandon it by encouraging us to think in terms that they hope will get us to rip one another's throats out. Mm. That's what heck, everything yeah. Biden is doing is about dividing right. and encouraging chaos in this country. Because I think that's how the Democrats see the future. Chaos first. And then we build back better. Think about that. Alan Keyes, uh, we, we've got to wind down. I've got to make, uh, I've got to make time for uh, Larry Clayman. Uh, not sure if you're familiar with him, uh, uh, Judicial oh, Watch. Oh, Larry's a very good friend of mine. He asked who he has uh, a program he's now doing on IMTV, which is... He comes on taking a slide. I think it's uh, once a week or once every two weeks he comes on to share. Oh. He's one of the guys who has had the guts and also the foresight. And he's been standing out there like a number of other people I know, thinking this through and trying to get people to see it. Yeah. Decades he's been doing this. Uh, and sadly, uh, and I feel the same way myself. You know, There are things that I wish I had seen wrongly, but the present era is suggesting that the Larry claimants of the world are right, and we should have listened to them. Yeah. Uh, Alan Keyes for President 2024. I'll put, I'll put your name in the hat for you. Uh, I appreciate your time, Alan. And uh, I want to take a few moments here to wind down, and I would like you to leave listeners with, uh, with some thoughts. Uh, it, it, is cancel culture, culture, is censorship, is that going to be part of the destruction of this country? Can Americans stand up? Can they revolt against this? Can they can they can they retain these constitutional rights? What's it going to take? How do you see that happening? Well, I, I think the most important thing is that all Americans, all American citizens in particular, right now, citizens being people who can vote, right? Uh, but also because all kinds of people can get involved in our politics, uh, yeah. including our children and our high schoolers and our people in college and so forth and so on. So I'm, I'm speaking to everybody who can participate in some way uh, in our elections and therefore in our deliberations about what as a people uh, we are and what we should be trying to do right now. 
This is a time to remember that America's strength begins at the grassroots, begins in the towns, begins in the, the counties, begins in the states. And look at the battle in 2022 as the time when first in the interim, because elections will be occurring in the course of 21 yeah. that determine who's going to sit on the city council, who's going to be the alderman, who's going to be on the county council, and so forth and so on. Haven't people seen the fact that they implemented this terror regime during the COVID crisis, this totalitarian despotism, from the local level? Right. And that when people made this decision, If you take a stand there, it's not been taken away. It's right in front of you. The same is true of the state legislatures. The same is true of the governorships when they come up. We've got to stop thinking that parties should select our candidates. Mm. The people must decide who to run. That's what they used to do. Uh, it wasn't called so-and-so's running for office. People would come up to each other in the 19th century. Who are you running for office? Who, who are you running for the Senate? Run, that implies the people lift them up. They don't wait to be told by their Führers. That's the German word for leader. You don't wait to be told by the Führer who you should vote for. Because in America, they're your representatives. And they can't present again what's in you if you're not the one in charge of directing them. And we give that direction at election time. So I think it's time for us to realize we're not going to win this battle if the people... Don't wake up at the grassroots and say, we've got to stop them from destroying our control. That's what they did, in my considered personal opinion, in the election of 2020. The election was, in fact, stolen by the Democrats. They're giving every sign of being people who know that that's what happened because they're scared to death. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the Arizona recount, but they certainly seem to be awfully scared of what might happen. And this is that people don't show that kind of scare, uh, uh, concern most of the time. Uh, they can be uh, wrong, but they're usually wrong. Oh, well, the system's going to work. They'll get to the truth. Well, I don't know about that. But the Democrats seem pretty sure that if they do get to the truth, it's going to be a truth that shows who they are. And I think that's what we have to be concerned about. Uh, but if you're seeing that, then you need to realize that the first priority, stand for the elimination of all the changes and shenanigans that allowed the Democrats to cheat. Now, one last thought. I think that that means that voting machines have to go. Anywhere in the country where they're using electronic means, they are giving people who have arcane knowledge of the technology the power to help other people cheat us out of our franchise. And you can't tell me you know how to stop it because most of us don't know what's going on and don't have the wherewithal to understand all the nuances that these experts now have. The best way would be to use the technology to watch what goes on with a counting system we can all understand. That would mean use the technology to watch the counters, not let the machines count, and then let the poll watchers be kept out of the way while the ballots are being counted. That's a combination that allows cheating in every way. 
and therefore we should eliminate both these opportunities for cheating. Take the machines out of the picture and make sure that in the picture is every last square inch of the rooms and places could get thousands and tens of thousands of people making sure they weren't cheating. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Alan Keyes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and uh, give listeners, again, you do a show yourself and you've got uh, you've got at least one website. Uh, give listeners, uh, again, some uh, avenues on how they can uh, contact you, reach out to you, listen to you, um, promote yourself a little bit for a moment. Well, there are, are ways to get in touch. I-A-M, 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 and those of you in the know know what I-A-M conveys. It actually means independent American media, but it's also, yes, the translation into English, I am, of the name that God tells Moses to call him by when he presents himself uh, to the people of Israel in bondage. So, iamtv.us, iamtv.us, you can go to that site uh, and you will see ways to support uh, the work that we're doing through our our little, uh, you know, sort of... uh, uh, rebellious network, as it were, uh, rebellious against the mad abandonment of America's premises and of America's God. Uh, but also, uh, you can have a link there to live.brighteon, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N, Brighteon, live.brighteon, all one word, live.brighteon.com, uh, where you can watch uh, my show. We have four hours, uh, Monday through Friday, between one and four, uh, I usually am involved somehow in three of those hours, uh, and then now we, we have developed a, a, a bunch of good people coming in to take the fourth hour every day uh, and use it to spread the good word from their perspective, often a perspective that includes good grassroots activities, pro-life activities, other activities that are going on to fight against uh, what these would-be tyrants are trying to impose upon us. Fantastic. Alan, I look forward to uh, speaking with you again. And invite you back on the program. And um, until then, keep up the great work. Well, same to you, because I think all our voices raised and all the common sense that I think is now being spoken by a lot of people who refuse to be canceled. Right. However much they try, we will not be canceled. And you are among them. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your good faith. Uh, and I thank everyone who watches and hope that they will get involved. Thank you. Alan Keyes, ladies and gentlemen, um, and uh, look, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's that's a that's a that's a man that that you can talk to for hours uh, because he's so well trained. Like him or not, this is a remarkable man with a remarkable mind, and that's the freedom that we have in this country, right? That's that's what we have is the uh, the the we have the opportunity to speak freely. And uh, and he laid everything out very cleanly on a open slate, um, and that's that's becoming a challenge, isn't it? And not only becoming a challenge because big tech that we allow to be big uh, censors those voices, and more importantly, people that would like to be speaking out have fear of doing so. So let me essentially echo the spirit uh, that was left with us from Alan in that um, 
They need to stand up, America. They need to stand up now. This may very well be your last opportunity. This is it. Your freedoms are being taken from you. Uh, Don't get the vaccine if you don't want to get the vaccine. Fight. Okay, I'm not talking physically fight. It's not what I'm implying. I personally never joined the military. I don't believe in violence. It's just me. But you need to fight with your mouth and fight with your mind. And you need to gain wisdom and knowledge. And um, you need to stand behind that constitution and let that support you and lift you up. Folks, God bless America. God bless you. And uh, send this to a friend. Send this to a uh, colleague. And I'll be right back here. I've got a couple minutes. I've got to bring on uh, Larry Clayman. So uh, look for that episode. And um, until next time, folks, be awesome.